You're listening to Two Guys Talking Wine with Michael Pincus and Andre Pru. Michael? Andre Pru. Oh, that one's 10 bucks. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Were we talking? Yeah, we were already recording. We oh. were, uh, so we, a little while ago, we did the um, the Chablis World Tour. Yeah, yeah. Which I think was fun. I was very excited for that because even, even though it doesn't say it on the label, 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 it's what's in the bottle, bottle, bottle. It was on your table, table, table. So you were like, uh, you got to come over and do a Chablis tasting. And I was like, uh, if I must, I guess uh, I'll, I'll do it. But I've got another set of wines that were sent to me that um, is a region that I'm a big fan of uh, because I got a chance to visit it a little while ago. Oh, oh, is this Vino Verde that I see in front of me? It is Vino Verde. I love Vino Verde. I've been myself. Uh, I find the region kind of fun, as in uh, like it's summertime fun. Like that's what Vino Verde speaks to me. It's all hundred percent, and it's just interesting. It's just interesting seeing the quality of the wines at the price. And I know the bottles that are in front of us are all a little bit pricier. No, if you're, there's, there's one that starts at ten, and you it. said goes up to thirty. So that's. But if you're a wine tourist, if you're a wine tourist, Vino Verde is somewhere you have to go because yeah. um, the Portuguese people are first off. It's, it's essentially like traveling in Canada. They're so warm and friendly. And that's not saying there aren't warm and friendly people elsewhere on the planet. It's just it feels really welcoming when I, you're in Portugal. I really find this funny, by the way, because um, you pulled them out of your redneck wine cooler. Yep. And uh, there is now just puddles of water all over the table. These were at the bottom of the cooler, so they were sitting in some ice. So they are very, very cold. But that, I, you know, to me, Vino Verde should be, you know, really cold. It's hot 30 day. degrees. Yeah. It is 30 degrees outside right I'm now. I'm surprised we are not recording this out on your patio. The cables don't go long enough. Oh. I can turn the air conditioning off if you want. <laughs> and open the windows. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, but, but I mean, sorry. Why just, don't you just turn the oven on and we'll get the feel? You know, the sorry. Just the last point I wanted to make before we got off on the tangent, looking at the wines about traveling through Portugal is dining is affordable, accommodations are affordable. Yeah. It's just it's a really affordable place to go. So if you're on a budget, and even if you're not on a budget, if you want to experience like the top quality vino verde, you're not looking at spending more than ten, eleven, twelve euros. I'm sure you can spend more if you want. The, the places I went to. Like we're not talking about expensive wines here. No, and they're and usually they're really t- tasty based on. Hold on, before you pour it in that one, I think we should we should go uh, up the price scale. This one's nine ninety five. That one's twelve ninety five. Okay. Let's go up the price scale. I, I wanted to start with the Avalita just because it's um, well, it's, readily, it's readily available. Yeah, but I've been there too, and I think you probably and if you've been to Vino Verde, you've got to go to Avalita. I was not there. You were you never did go. No. Oh, it's the large. It's like one of the largest ones. It's one of the, I bet you did. I really like the label on the the young one here. What do we got? What do we got? So this is Casal Garcia. Garcia. So this one's nine ninety five. Yep. And um, it smells. I think I had Chardonnay in my glass before, so it smelled like Chardonnay. So I'm gonna I'm gonna start all over again. So a little, and it's got a number one uh, stamp on it. So I don't know what that means. Young and refreshing. Ooh, there is a slight effervescence to this. Yeah, uh, I hate that this number one sticker on it. I feel, I feel the number one sticker actually mars an otherwise very classy, classy looking traditional label. Yeah. Label like it's got the coat of arms on it. Uh, well, I think the top part saying "young and refreshing" is kind yeah, of yeah. There's a couple changes I, I would make to this just to make it a little bit more classy. I don't know. This is 
the, 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 la the, lab the labels. Oh. At my age, somebody who's young and refreshing actually has an opinion and 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 is you know young, and she she was refreshing to talk to. So. So oh, that's actually bright, crisp, um, citrus like lime, lime juice, very limey, not. Not as in British, but a uh, slightly floral note, but not uh, certainly not overpowering the wine. Like it's kind of there on the back, and then the the little bit of effervescence, like the CO two, gives it a slightly like a very very tiny 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 bitterness on the finish. But it's not anything that overpowers. If anything, it makes the finish almost clean and and it have you begging begging for the next sip. Yeah, but I find, I do find it a little bit on the sweeter side though. I'm not getting the young and refreshing out of it. As I would if there was just a nice, clean, big dump. I don't of think acidity. there's any. I don't think there's any sugar in this. I I just don't find the. Okay, you're going for a second sip. You I'm going for a second sip. I don't think there's uh, there's a, a, a hecton of acidity that I'm I'm picking up. A hecton. What's a hecton? Is that like a kiloton? It's a hecton. You see, it's there, but it's not. See, I'm an acid head when it comes to my. My rosés, I like a lot of acid. I love acid in my, in my sparkling wine. This one just, it's it's not it's not speaking to me as far as it's a city. Oh, good good call. I think I, so there are, according to the LCBO website, eleven grams per liter yeah. of residual sugar, and I'm not getting the sweetness on this at all. Um, see, I, I, so I think it's balanced with the the acids. Just maybe I think you're right. The acids aren't like gripping, like they're not no. like. Like that laser beam on the back. I I want something that's just like really lovely. It's something that's just screaming summer to me, and that's that's screaming you know beach quaff more than it's screaming sit on the patio and you know What's thirty degree beach heat. Quaff? It's something you can take to the beach, and you know who cares what you're drinking on the beach, right? Nobody cares because you're <laughs> on the beach, right? So you're like, oh, who cares? Just pour Michael, it in my who mind. are you kidding? You you give a shit about what you put on the beach. Ooh, yeah, green, yeah, green apple. So the Avalita Vino Verde, that's... Uh, so we're at the twelve ninety five dollars We're jumping up three bucks here. See, the nose to me is really talking to me. It's like, wow. Oh, is it screaming summer or is it screaming beach quaff? That one's screaming more summer. A lot more citrus, a lot more... There's a little bit of grapefruit in here. The lime comes through. The lemon comes through. I got green apple on it. Like Granny Smith. <laughs> There's a real hit. Of acidity right off the front, the back kind of softens out, so it says patio but wants to be beach quaff. That's what I think is going on here. Like I really what? like the Avalita Vino Verde. This is uh, it's been a couple of years since I've last tasted it. It's um, but it's fresh. It's uh, again, it's young. It and you know the nice part is oh, it actually and it's labeled as medium dry wine. But once again, if there is a, a hint of sweetness to this, it's really well. Integrated and it's this, really this well balanced is, with acidity. This one is better integrated than the uh, Casal Garcia. Um, I just find this one the acidity really hits your tongue right off the bat, and that's what I said at the end. It kind of goes beach quaffed. You know, who cares what you got? 15, 15 grams per liter. So it's sweeter, but it the is sweeter. I think the uh, the uh, acidity is better in balance. You know, I think balance is really important with Vino Verde because I know. Um, <laughs> I actually found something out at, at work a little while ago is that uh, Tim Hudak, the former mm -hmm. leader of the provincial conservatives, is the guy who shows up at the party with Riesling. Oh. And I, I just, I found it really funny because there's there's certain wines, like if I'm throwing a party at this house, 
There's certain wines I know I've got to have a backup for. And it's not just if you're coming for dinner, because I love Chardonnay. I know not everyone loves Chardonnay. Mm-hmm. And Riesling's the same sort of thing. I feel like Vino Verde is sort of that, it's a great party wine, because it, it doesn't have a lot of those intense qualities that are divisive, whether it's the oak on Chardonnay or, you know, the perceived sweetness of, of Riesling. It tends to fall a little bit more into that sweet spot of, it's more interesting than Pinot Grigio, and it's not as divisive as Riesling. Yeah. Is that is that a fair way, do you think? I guess so. <laughs> I guess. Well, I, I, I've been on a kind of a, a I don't want to say anti-Riesling lately. I'm just not thrilled by Riesling lately. And I know we went to the experts tasting at Brock. Uh, I thought it was a great tasting to show the quality of Riesling of the region, but I'm post cuvee. Well, we've, we've talked about, we've talked about just what's Riesling's place in the market, because let's be perfectly honest, except for Tim Hudak, who's bringing Riesling to a party. I know I, and I even, even, even in our podcast with Brian Schmidt, he brought three bottles of red and one bottle of Riesling. Correct, but he's a Riesling nut, right? So he, he likes Riesling. No, but but I'm, I'm just saying, like, even for a Riesling nut with a winery that's got a, a stellar reputation for making high-quality Riesling, he brought, less he brought his Cabernet Franc. Right. And he likes Cabernet Franc, too. But but I, th- I, th- I think Riesling's on a, on a downturn. I really do. Uh, although I, 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 think, I know when I people... I think it will come again. I think people, it always does. It seems to go on a little kind of wavelength kind of curve. Uh, but I do believe that... Um, um, it's you know I I know people who when they come over and they I know they like Riesling I'll keep a a bottle in but I always keep something interesting I'm not looking at the most recent I'm always looking for something that's a little bit older something that they can you know get behind and go wow that's great for a 14 year old Riesling the last time I had uh, somebody over I opened up a 2004 I think Doctor Lucen which nobody thought was going to be great shakes but under screw cap it was gorgeous and looking at what i paid for it was like 9.95 that's a great bottle you know if if people aren't like onto your website michaelpinkuswinereview.com your taste it again uh posts are really great uh because it does highlight the the once again okay i know i'm I'm making this a a nightmare for people listening to kind of go back and listen to other things our hundred dollar bottle wine conversation which was one of our most listened to podcasts this year so far. Yep. Um, you don't you don't need to spend a hundred dollars to get that ageability, and your cellar is exhibit A in yep. in the case against that because we've drank some wines, also from labels that have fallen come, fallen come fallen yeah come and gone. old fusion. Uh, you know, I think that the tasting the the stump the stoop with Brian Schmidt that we did. You had the. Zinfandel that I imagine you, you spent 15 bucks on yep. that was pretty solid. I mean, we, had, we had some pretty solid wines from South Africa on that tasting too that I thought oh yeah. they that, were going to be dead. I thought dead, dead as doornails. That KWV that we opened up. I the, thought, and the cool yeah. thing about those wines is they all they all had a Niagara vibe to them. Yeah. But it felt like they had aged more gradually. Like I, I went back when I was editing that podcast, I guess like 2006, 2005, and they were all five years older than what yep. I had guessed just because my familiarity with how Niagara ages, so th- that was interesting. Okay, um, so we were talking about Vino Verde. I think most people listening to this podcast, but if you don't know, Vino Verde is not a vari- varietal. No. Vino Verde is region. the region, and they work with a lot of aromatic white varieties. The one that always sticks in my head is Luero. Luero? That one is always one that, that that's in my head. Alvarino. Alvarino would be the other one. I think those are the two major ones in the region. 
Well, um, we've got um, the. I'm bringing this up because the variety is actually oh, is listed on uh, the. It's a Covella, and it's uh, a vessel. Well, not not a widely known one, obviously. Well, I mean, let's face it. For the number of people listening to this podcast, um, most of them in the Ontario wine industry, I don't think we're drinking a whole lot of Vino Verde, and I think we should be drinking more of it. Just. Because it's good. So this one is an uh, Edicao National. Uh, I I'm gonna go Edition National. <laughs> uh, no, you got you got the CD on the C, so it's Ediciao Nacional. So Edition National. Edition? I don't speak Portuguese. Okay, so we're out on the Portuguese now too. No Spanish, no Portuguese. Anybody that speaks Portuguese, you're in on it. I'm sure there is someone listening to this podcast who speaks enough Portuguese to correct us. Mm. All right. Here we go. The uh, the the recommended white grapes for Vino Verde are Avarino, Arinto, Aveso, Azal, Batoca, Lurero, and Tragedura. So and then Aveso there's a on list. That list. Yes, and there's a list of a whole bunch of other ones that you can include in the blend. I'm, it, it this one, sorry, at eighteen ninety five, and I, the price really does not matter to me on this it's, one it's 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 lost a lot of the freshness it's similar to what we experienced with the older premier crew uh mm. chablis that we had where with vino verde i want the freshness I, I think this is this is trying to be a little bit more complex and there's nothing wrong with a more complex vino, vino verde. verde um shoot i'm trying to think of the producer you talk and i'll get the name of the producer Usually that doesn't work for me either because I'll sit there and talk and I'll say things to you and you'll look at me and go, shut up because I want to I wanna figure this out and think about it. Well, why don't you talk about this wine a bit? I, I just, I find this, um, I don't find it fresh. Uh, I don't find it uh, exciting in any way, shape or form. It's not something that I want afrosh. To, to drink. Oh, afrosh. Yeah, these are a little bit more... They're like pinkies up, serious, a little bit more of the natural wine movement working into those wines, but yeah, this they're actually tasty wines. I feel like this is trying to look into being a more complex wine and falling a little bit short. Well, it's it's interesting to see the single varietal also. So what they're trying to do is is put the highlight on the Aveso uh, grape, and it's it's this one just isn't isn't doing it for me. It's not speaking summer to me. It's not even speaking beach. It's speaking. Um, you know, find some shrimp, find some scallops. <laughs> and that's not, I guess that's not what I'm, when I think Vino Verde, it's not what I'm thinking. I'm, you know, I'm this, thinking I just want to quaff it and crush it. This one feels like that professor I had in university who dropped jokes like he thought he was funny, but really what? wasn't. Yeah. But he still thought he was. So you don't find this funny? I don't find this funny. All right. And, and, and here's the thing is, we can get both of these wines in front of us for the cost of this one. We can get the... Uh, Castel Garcia and the Eveleda for the cost of the, the Covella. I, I'm going for that value proposition. I, I know earlier in the year I, I tried a straight Luero that I thought was really... Luero uh, and, and Alvarino made some really yeah. exciting wines um, but, when, when I was in the region. Yeah, I, and I, I know earlier in the year I, I tried one that was, ooh, was just straight oh. Luero. And, oh, the uh, nose on this is, is interesting and really different. So let me see. I'm. I, it's my turn. You talk while I uh, try and find that. So that what I... we've got is uh, it's an Alvarino, uh, aroma s for you. <laughs> There's literally a number in this. No, it's it, it's it's aroma s for you. 
A DCL Limitada, so I'm guessing that's limited edition. Okay, so I think I think we're, it's safe to say a DCL in Portuguese is edition. Mm-hmm. And I'm guessing Limitada means limited. Uh, vinho Regional Minho. Good Lord, I... I I'm, I apologize to any Portuguese people listening to this. I'm trying. Yeah, you should uh, pay, no, pay no attention to the idiots. Your your language is remarkable and beautiful when you hear it, but I I can't do it. Yeah, I can't I can't find I I'll probably it was one of my one of my favorite Lueros that I had tried in a while. I just I, I don't have it. But the um, nose on this is honey. It is honey and white tea. Yeah, like it's it's really but it's it's not intense it's, it, it doesn't have an intensity it's really it's really pretty like it's got a really pretty nose to it oh don't 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 you're making a you're making your serious face i haven't tasted the wine yet i want it to taste as good as it smells oh well taste it taste it it's it's definitely you're gonna like it because it's got a chardonnay kind of complexity to it and here's here's where i guess we uh, i wonder or, if there's acacia on this What's some acacia wood? Yeah, because it's got that like, it's got the, the floral note, like the white flower note that you get from Alvarino. Um, but it it's it's got like a real honeyed note as well. So here's here's so the first two the Al Al Avaleda and the Casal Garcia were those beach quaffing wines. The uh, Covela to me is the unfunny professor. Is the unfunny professor? It just doesn't. It's trying to be serious, but to me, it never reaches that level of serious. This one is serious because we're looking at a almost a thirty dollar bottle of Vino Verde, and it's holy. It shit. is Alvarino. Hundred percent says on the on the label. You still have your uh, you still have your burgundy glass in front I of you. I do. Let's try the bigger and glass. This, and this this hits that level of serious. I think there's some oak. I think um, maybe it's acacia. I don't I don't know. You know what? It's it's a thing. This this isn't what I think about when I'm thinking about Vino Verde. Mm-hmm. This is a really nice wine. I that. The, the 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 burgundy glass on it. Oh my! I'm I'm so excited about. You this. could throw that onto a table, not tell anybody what what it was, and I would I would almost guarantee a ninety percent of people are going to go. That's a Chardonnay. Or I'm not some, sure. I'm not so, sure. They or would, some yeah. derivative. Of Listen, it. It, would, it would throw people off because it still has that floral note. Yeah. Because like like Alvarino, it's it's white flower, right? It's it's, it's standing, it's standing on the height of the side of a hill in Saskatchewan in the middle of the summer. Right after it's rained, when you get that aroma coming up, like it's really vivid. It's a it, it brings back really vivid memories to me of picking Saskatoon berries in July. That's now. Would I pay twenty eight dollars for it? I would. I don't know. I would. But, but you're. I, but this this is not your style of wine. But I think that's a really nice bottle of wine. You know, and I it's, think it's, it's a serious bottle of Alvarino. I also think it's a challenge, though, just because people. Like when I talk about Portugal, the wines are amazing. But at the beginning of the podcast, when I went on my uh, my love letter to Portugal, I talked about the affordability. Which, I mean, as, as someone who's pretty mindful of where he spends his dollars, even yeah. if it's sometimes on a hundred dollar bottle of wine, I really like Nuts. it. But I really like it when my dollar can go far. And I mean, at my at my core, like that's what I think of when I think of Portugal. So a thirty dollar bottle of wine might be a bit of a stretch for me. 
but I but I, I I would spend thirty dollars. I'm this. really liking this bottle line. Thirteen and a half percent. The acidity is good. The um the balance is good. Yeah, it's from the Minho region. I'm just looking at that. It's it says that right there on the back. See? Yep. Which is still, I believe, part of Vino Verde. So well, now these were sent to me as part of the Vino, Vino Verde package. Kit, so right. I sure hope. So it. they all, yeah, they all have uh, the Vino Verde, Vino Verde. It's the same symbol. So obviously somebody's somebody's gone to great length to make this bottle something more serious than just you know enjoy a bottle of Vino Verde. And um, I really I really like that wine. I I could. So when I told you uh, the podcast we did about uh, Chablis, the somebody gives me a glass, I'm, I'm looking for something else. Somebody gives me a glass and I'll stick with it until I find something else. And then I'll stick with that wine for the rest of the night. This is a wine I'd, I'd probably stick with it for the rest of the night and happily do so. And now you're reading something. I'm actually trying to Who see. Who tweeted you now? I'm actually trying to see what this bottle of wine would cost. At, at the winery, um, like as as Five people euros, as, as as people know on the podcast, like I do really like uh, I do really like asking that question of of winemakers because I, I know that we have a challenge when wines enter the market dealing with the tax structure, right? Dealing with what it costs to get a country uh, a wine out of a country and into the country, and obviously it's not going to cost the same here. But I really like to travel to buy my wines. Yeah. Hi, Henry. Henry's coming in. So but, I th- I think that's a I, th- I think that's a great bottle of wine, although not something you think about for Vino Verde, but definitely no. I mean, the if, next if, the next step from Vino Verde. If no there is any like strikes against this wine, it, it it is literally the fact that it's Vino. It's considered Vino Verde. That's what I would say. That you would go, oh, try this bottle of Vino Verde, and when people think, oh, one, it's not green. It looks more like a white wine. Well, this company doesn't even... I, I can't find this uh, wine on the company's website easily to see what it costs. Honestly, though, it's it's, it's actually my favorite. one of my favorite things about dealing with wineries in France is, and in, in Europe in general, is how many of them don't have like fully functional websites. Yeah, that is kind of funny. That when you're looking for information about their wines, yeah. um, you, know, you can find maybe some technical sheets. Maybe you can download something, but you can never figure out the price. You can't, but I, but I, I guess they're they're looking more on a global scale. They don't want people to know how much it is at the winery, and that's, I guess that would be the problem. I'm very happy with this wine. I, as I said, I drink that all night. That might be when we close this podcast. What what you ponder? What I what I what I drink for the rest of the night until we get on to. Um, oh, I have a treat for you. Oh, what's that? We're gonna we're gonna taste some old gamay. I know I always do reasoning with you. <laughs> But we're going to taste some old gamay. It's about time. Yeah, I figured you'd like that. Um, so before we wrap up, uh, I know we've been talking about a bit on the uh, the previous podcast, but uh, just a reminder again, we are on Patreon. Uh, support your wine writer. Help us keep this podcast going. So patreon.com, search for two guys talking wine. And That's uh, P-A-T-R-E-O-N. I like how like every time you say that, it's like it's difficult to spell. Well, Patreon. It's what's the word patron with the letter E in it? Yeah, but you're not expecting that. I guess I guess. Anyways, I'm Andre Proof from AndreWineReview.ca. Oh, is that it? You're done? Yeah, that's it. We're done. We usually throw a whole bunch of shit out there. Nah. Subscribe to the podcast. 
Tell other people. Tell your friends. Uh, if you got Portuguese friends who want to listen to this podcast, and then help us send it their ways. Help us with the pronunciations. I, I'll, I'll be happy to take some Portuguese lessons. Yeah, we'll do that. Just have them put it on as a as a voice file and send it out to us. I'm Michael Pincus of MichaelPincusWineReview.com. And uh, as always, uh, I really do. We did we even mention this? How really? We did. Aroma s for you. We actually talked at length about how there was I'm going to have another glass of that, yeah, and uh, and then I will say. Good night. Oh, I was just I was just leaning in to say it. You suck. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe to Two Guys Talking Wine on iTunes.